Hello, hello, everybody. What is going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag boss, the other people's mentor, and I help people make six and seven figures from their cell phone. So just so you know, the reason that this episode has taken so long to upload, this is episode 562, by the way, really exciting news. We are currently transcribing every single one of these podcasts that has already been uploaded for the hard of hearing. So we were taking, I guess that's a break. That was like a month. My God, uh, didn't mean to take a month off, but we are taking a lot of time to get a really awesome podcast website up for all of you guys so it's easier for you to navigate. You'll be able to find the topics of each of the podcasts. It'll be easier for you to share, etc. So I know you guys wanted me to do that with a podcast website. You wanted it for the heart of hearing. I respect you guys so much. And so that's what's really been going on. Also, the wait list for the Boss League Accelerator, which has been incredible. There's over 900 of you who have joined. Wow, is currently open. It will open later this month as well. So I will be able to have the ability to coach every single one of you if that's something you have been interested in and the results have been outstanding from people who are part of the program already. So I'm excited about that. All you need to do is go to the link in the bio to join the wait list. And if you are a leader of any kind, like you're looking for the leadership stuff, the coaching stuff, the system stuff, one-on-one stuff, please make sure you join Platinum. That's what you're looking for. At any rate, this podcast is awesome. This episode is incredible. I really wanted to upload it and share it with you guys. I am actually being interviewed. It's an incredible conversation. There's so much value in it and I really know you're going to absolutely explode from it in so many different ways. There's a lot of entrepreneurial content in here. So a lot of things that are going to help you scale your business and some big ideas. And so you're probably going to want to screenshot it, share it to your stories, tag me. I'm Boss Lee. I will reshare you. Make sure you subscribe to the actual show itself and make sure you tag a friend too. Like if there's someone you're like, I really like this. I really want them to hear this. Just grab the link and send it to them. So anyway, thanks for letting me quote unquote take off. Didn't mean to take off from the podcast, but that's what's been going on. The transcriptions are happening. The website is happening and you guys are just absolutely incredible. So that's my little update. If you have questions, DM me. It's me and my DMs. Some people like to lie and say it's not me, but like, hey, what's up? Hello. How you darn? Especially on Instagram. Um, but let's keep rocking and rolling this thing forward and let's have an amazing rest of our year. It never fails. Every time I hear that intro music, I get excited. I'm hyped. <laughs> let's go. I love that. <laughs> I'm like so into it. I was excited anyway. I'm cutting you off. I can't even. That was so fun. I was like, look at that house. Oh my God. It's like, is that your home? Like, let me come visit. Wow. Let's go. Let's go. So welcome everybody again to another episode of Entrepreneurship Exposed with me, your guy Bees. And not only are we focusing on everything related to entrepreneurship, different strategies you could take, but it's always with a twist of business acquisition. And today's guest, today's guest is another special guest. I'm so excited for this conversation because I know from her background that she gets the business acquisition side. So I think we're going to have, you guys are in for a treat today of what we're about to get into because today we got none other than Jessie Lee, a.k.a. Boss Lee herself. She is in the place. Jessie, how are you today? I'm so good. I was excited anyway, but then your intro like got me really hyped. So I'm even more excited now, and I feel like this conversation is going to be incredible. So um, I can't wait to see where this goes, but thanks for having me, Bees. It's going to be great. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Tell the people a little bit more about yourself, because I'm, I love your background from what I've seen, so I, I know everybody's going to be excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, I don't want to monopolize the whole conversation, because people can find <laughs> I tell my story all the time, but uh, long story short, I grew up in a really small town in Maryland and uh, was from a family who just didn't have anything, which I think is actually one of the most powerful things that ever 
could have happened to me because it gave me a hustler mentality from a really young age. Uh, mm-hmm. I learned the value of money from a really young age. I learned the value of relationships for a re- from a really young age. Uh, I learned the value of hard work and work ethic in general from a really young age. Um, and so I did the whole normal thing. I went to college. I got a good job. I did all this stuff, even though I was a hustler. So in college, I had three jobs. Um, and yeah, like I always just had this like, go, go, go. The sky's the limit mentality uh, about me. But from there, I found network. Mar- I'm cutting like all this like random. There's so much in it. But I, but I, I, I got a good, uh, you know, a good girl job in a pathology lab after college. And it just wasn't enough. And so um, ended up renting a room in a basement. My rent was increasing $300. I started by finding direct sales on the internet, but from a Google search, direct sales turned into network marketing, became the number one network marketer in the world, turned into just serial entrepreneur. I used the cash flow from that to start buying businesses, investing in businesses, um, starting new side hustles, and just really scaling this into a monster brand that allows me to have a lot of stuff going on. And so, um, I, I don't know, you know, that's kind of me in a nutshell. It's been a wild ride, but I'm, I'm still young and I'm still hungry and I'm, I'm just excited to continue to scale this. And I love that a new year's right around the corner because yeah. it just, it gets me really fired up, but no, I don't know. I've done a lot of big things now and really, really just, it's, it's crazy what work ethic, hustle, determination, never quitting and not really caring what people think about you when you know who you are will do for mm. a person. So that's kind of me in a nutshell, I guess. I love it. I love it. We have a very similar background too, because same thing, you know, always that I hate using the word hustler, but that's where it started. We were a hustler at first. We're trying to get that hustle going up. So I'm, I'm Jamaican, okay. uh, grew up in Jamaica and then moved to Brooklyn, New York uh, for like junior high and uh, high school. And same thing in college um, when, you know, came to Florida and then uh, working multiple jobs, paid my way through college and then came out like, wait, what? This is all? Nah, this can't be it. And then trying to figure out those next steps. I did my corporate life too. I, I worked at Microsoft. I worked at uh, Accenture, but it still wasn't right. Didn't yeah. feel right. What made that? What made you say, "I right, this ain't gonna work. I gotta <laughs> get into something else." What made you make that uh, that jump? Uh, so. Interestingly enough, I went to school in New York City, so I lived in Brooklyn for four years. So I hear your accent in New York. I don't hear Jamaica, but um, I knew you had that in you just from the way you spoke. But, um, you know, it's it's really because when I, I – my first job – okay, hold on. So my first actual job was, in, when, was when I was 13 years old. I got my parents to sign one of those – job slip things, you know, where it lets a 13 year old kid get a job. Uh, I forget what they're called. Work, work permit, a work permit. Uh, and so I was like, I can't live off of $5 an hour. Cause that's what I was going to get paid. And so I put a tip jar out and that was my first little, Ooh, I think I can make more. And then I got a job waiting tables when I was 16. So I was like my next step up. So I did this, like whatever thing, whatever thing. So I always had this thing where I don't know if even people who even wait tables or are in service or anything realize, but I felt from day one of my job career, I, I realized, no, if you're good at something, you can actually sort of determine what you make. Not really in your traditional, like, this is my salary, I make $35,000 a year, but in restaurants, service, whatever, I'm like, no, if I work, if, I, if I'm nicer to people, if I'm better at relationships with people, if I'm more charismatic, I, I can make more money than the rest of these people. Mm. And so I took that into when I went to college, I was waiting tables in Times Square, I was selling massage chairs on Fifth Avenue, which was commission-based, and I was a nanny, which is not commission-based. But I figured it would be some easy extra money to do my homework for school and like whatever. So, um, and also relationship building for sure. You get better with working with people. But when you have three jobs and you have a full ride 
to college, you really have no bills, right? And mm. so I was stacking all this cash, to be honest, in college. I mean, I was a six-figure earner annually when I was 18. I'm like, woo uh, by far, like not even just like, like, I mean, I was like kind of crushing it for, for mm. a kid in, you know, whatever year that was, 2006. Oh my gosh, I'm getting ancient. So anyway, um, anyway, I mean, not ancient, but you know, you're like, dang, you know, you used to like talk to your parents, like, oh my gosh, like there's the, uh, anyway. So like, all these old people, yeah, now we're the old people. What happened? Um, <laughs> anyway, so then I went and I got the real job and it was very humbling to me because I immediately was just not happy. And mm. part of that, I think, was because for the first time, probably in my entire career of even jobs, I felt like I was out of control. I felt like I couldn't dictate how much money I was making. I felt like, okay, I have this 401k everyone says I have to have. I have these mm. health benefits, which everybody says I should be so proud of. I have my guaranteed paycheck. I have all of this, but I felt so unfulfilled and so the entrepreneurship, hustling, side hustle, whatever, all of that really came out of desperation because all of a sudden I needed to make more money because you go from making six figures with no bills to 27,000 a year after taxes and you have to pay rent and you have to have a car and now I'm paying for food and I'm paying for everything. Uh, it was a quick shove me into reality. I better change something. And that was really just when kind of the, the, we'll figure it out no matter what mentality kicked in that I always had just from a pretty rough upbringing and I got to work. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I love it. And, and you know, I, I do find that that happens often, but not only this way. I, saw, I had somebody tell me that it's only this way where when your back is against the wall, that's when it's like, Oh, I got to do it. And then you, you know, that's the success story that most people have their back yeah. was against the wall. And then they rose up. But then people feel like that's the only way that you could try to rise up. Like, oh, well, yeah, you know, it, it makes sense for you because you quit your job. So you had your back against the wall. Yeah, but I chose to quit my job. I chose to leave it. We have to make that decision where, hey, we know what we really oh. want. Now, how are we going to get there? That's a really good point. Like, I, I don't think mm. anybody ever talks about that because I think the... Com like the comfortability that most people have in those safe, safe environments... Yeah. kills more dreams than probably oh, yeah. anything because you get so used to just going to, to your work at the same time and you get used to the okay lifestyle okay will kill you there's a reason they say that good is the enemy of great you know Ooh, that's not yeah. just something cute people say it's because oh it's good enough you know i got a good enough car i got a good enough job i got a good enough lifestyle i can go to good enough restaurants you should try some michelin star restaurants let me tell you what don't even ask what they're cooking you just put it in your mouth like it's different <laughs> you know um there's 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 levels to this thing called life and i don't know who said it you know I'm, it's some quote on the internet of course but somebody was always talking about well what's the difference between you and you know jeff bezos or you and mark zuckerberg or you and whatever morals aside right uh i'm like we have the same 24 hours in a day what are we doing you know uh and it's i think it's because of what you said people get really comfortable and they don't make the decision to say no to the job that they don't like where they come home and they complain to their spouses which affects their marriage which you know trickles down into their kids and does all this other stuff so i'm glad you brought that up that's super powerful more people need Definitely. to hear that so so there was a uh, one of your reels that i saw recently and i was like i really like this but you're missing something it's the one where you said it was like a pyramid and you're like you know ceo managers employees and you're like business is like a pyramid right yeah i was like i was like yeah but you're missing what needs to be on the top above the pyramid investor 
(laughs) (laughs) I tell people all the time now that I don't want to be the CEO of nothing. Yeah. Right. Like everybody feels like, oh, I got that title. I'm the CEO. Like, that's okay. As much as possible, I don't want to be. I'm only the CEO right now of two, technically three companies, but one I'm uh, trying to come out of that. And the other two is because I also teach how to acquire business. I have to be involved in it for now. Yes. But what do you feel about being an investor over being a CEO? Oh my God. I love this question. Okay. So (laughs) this is like my heart. This is, um, it's interesting. So like I have an education program and then I have a mastermind on top and the people that go to my mastermind, I teach them wealth generation. So I don't even talk about it on my social media really. So that's probably why I didn't put the investor on top of the pyramid. Okay. (laughs) Um, I like to like move in secret sometimes because I'm that girl with like a lot going on, but I feel like if I tell everybody everything I'm doing, well then it just becomes, people are like, wait, she does this, it does whatever. Uh, investing is everything. Okay. And I, I mean, here's, here's the fact of the matter. I am so grateful that I was always the, the nerdy, sometimes overly smart kid that people didn't like because it forced me to books. You too. Bees is over here. Like, yeah. Okay. It forced me to books. It forced me to learning. It forced me to growth. It forced me to even weird things. Like I was only cool on the internet. Uh, this is before the internet was cool. This is when everyone thought everyone on the internet was a predator. Okay. But like I would be in forums. I, I promise you put me next to almost anybody, you know, let me take the nails off. I type, I still will probably type faster than all y'all. My words per minute is crazy. You too. I mean, I'll challenge you just next. I'm down. Like, let's go. I'm so fast. And it, and like, even then I do the swipe so fast. People think, how she text so fast? I'm crazy. Like, I'm crazy. But um, no, I, I, I'm really grateful for this because it pushed me to learn things that other people weren't, were not learning because they were too busy being popular or something or whatever. So as an example, I was in college. I was probably 17 years old. It was before I turned 18. I'm 17. I'm in college already. And I realized I did not understand finances. Okay. And so even basic things, like I could sit on this, like it would be super valuable and you probably have some of these in your podcast. But, um, if I told normal things, like if I gave you some scripts about how to get every single overdraft charge turned off on your, on your bank account. Right. Or if I gave you ways to call into your, um, electric company, get them to lower your bill or your cell phone provider, or like all these super easy things or how to utilize credit cards. Cause most people have no idea how to utilize credit cards. They don't know which credit cards to use. They don't know how to use it. Like it's a debit card. They don't understand the benefits of it. They don't understand how I travel. Uh, oh, I don't know, 150 days out of the year and I don't pay for hotels nowhere. Uh, and, and I hardly pay for flights and all the, and I fly first class. Like they don't understand that the reason the rich get richer is because they're educated period. Okay. Mm -hmm. And their network. Okay. But anyway, so I read this book when I'm 17, uh, called, I will teach you to be rich. And it's by Ramit Sadie who ended up becoming, uh, you know, we're, I I don't know that friends is not really the right word, but like we know each other, whatever we pass each other a lot. We chat here and there, whatever. Uh, and his book was, it really changed my perspective on money. And in his book, he starts talking about investing in things. I'm like, whoa, like my hair is like blown back because I don't know any of this stuff. I'm 17 years old. I'm a kid. Um, and he ta- starts talking about, you know, index funds. And he's talking about um, Vanguard. And he's talking about bank accounts that get you 4% interest. And he's talking about all these things that should be common knowledge, but people are too busy trying to be more popular on Instagram. And they're not, they're not paying attention to their finances. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. So then he starts talking about how he's a VC and stuff. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm on Google. Like, 
what is all, what is a venture capital? Like, I don't know what any of these things mean. Puts me into the world of, you know, then from Ramit, I end up falling into Tim Ferriss or maybe it was vice versa. I don't know. And mm-hmm. everyone knows Tim Ferriss is, you know, good Lord investor, yeah. right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's levels to this thing. Yeah. And it opened up everything to me because I realized if I can master cash flow, because there's different ways to invest. We kind of chatted about it before we started recording, but um, especially in things like real estate and whatever else, and you're really good with the businesses and things like that, you don't actually need capital. But, and that's just like, people are all confused. Like, what did they just say? I don't know what they just said. Like, (laughs) I got to watch that back. What did they just say? Um, But I knew in that moment, 17 year old kid that, I wanted to have a bunch of streams of income and I knew that I wanted to get my cash flow right. I mean, big cash flow was a major interest of mine because if I could get my cash flow up, I could then invest in things that I understood and I would have opportunities then to have actual freedom. And so I then made it a goal when I was probably 21, 22. I said, I want to make millions of dollars a year cash flow. And then what I want to do is I want to be able to be making way more money in my investments. So I want my cash flow to be millions. And then I want my investments to pay me even more than the millions. And uh, that was like my big scary, oh my God, I'm going to be a thousand years old when it happens goal. Um, It didn't Mm -hmm. take that long. That is definitely the reality, but the investors are on top. And so now I have, as of yesterday, it's pretty exciting. Um, I have 15 streams of income that are cash flowing. I still mm-hmm. focus on my main thing, keeping the main thing, the main thing, uh, mm-hmm. which is my, my network marketing is still the biggest. And then now I have my education platform, which is my second business. And they're out here battling in these streets. So like they're both two <laughs> ju- just giants in my education. I just teach people how to build business. Um, but that allows me to invest in stuff. It allows me to, to put some money in things that excite me. It, it allows me to um, have conversations and sit at tables with people like yourself and like other, you know, just big players and say, what are we putting, you know, a million dollars in? You know, how much real estate can we buy? Okay, let's get this. Like, okay, so the economy is going to crash. Well, let's go. I've been, I've, been, I've been cash heavy for a long time. I'm ready to invest mm-hmm. even more. And, um, but that really is how it works. And if you think that whatever company you're part of does not have an investor on top, you pro- you've exactly. probably lost your mind. Um, exactly. They absolutely exactly. do. So you just got to get smarter. You got you to yeah. learn. You got to learn the game or else you're going to get played. There we go. You got to learn the game. You got to learn. First of all, you got to know that a game is being played. Second of all, you want to learn the rules for the game. Right. Yes. So I always tell people that the, the, the United States is not a country. <clears throat> it's a corporation. And that's not me. That's not conjecture. It's not me you know, trying to have a clever uh, hot take or something. It says it in the laws. You can look it up. It says the United States is a corporation. But why is that important for us to know? Well, because the laws are written to benefit corporate entities, right? SPVs, special purpose vehicles. So we got to utilize them too. Not getting political. I always use this as an example. But for example, I, I don't know your affiliation, but Trump found out that if he buried his ex-wife on his golf course, then his golf course is classified as a, a cemetery, which there's no estate tax, there's no property tax, there's no, uh, you can't seize anything. That, that's the knowledge that we need you to know. You just gotta know the game, things, man. You Don't know? hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> it's a game, it is a game. We gotta know these rules. And, and I'll say, you, you, you mentioned earlier, what, what was the somebody asked you i think what was the difference between like you and like a, a jeff bezos or something like that mm-hmm. and i always say that what it is is uh that information that you're talking about i just felt that jeff bezos might have got it earlier than i did because yeah. i remember when I, I you telling me that you learned some of this at 17 oh man i wish 
that I knew it at 17. Because I was like, hey, how do I make money? What do you mean you put $10,000 on a house? How'd you get $10,000? What's going mm-hmm. on? I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. So information is critical. But then what you do with the information is even more important. If you don't execute on the information, what's the point? Knowledge you know? is only power when it's applied. You know, people when stick their applied. noses in books and then do nothing about it. They buy all the courses. They do nothing about it. They yes. they, they spend all the money on whatever and they do absolutely nothing. Like, I, I think one of the top things that successful people do is they are executors. It's yes. one of my core values. Core values. Like, if you tell me a good idea, I will leave this call, bees. I'm telling you right now, like, it's gonna be done. Don't give me too much information. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go find a husband to bury in a minute here. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I actually took that as a mental note to mention to you because it was another reel that you did where it was about just take action. Yeah. And I was like, yes. Tell the people. You were like, how. You know, as soon as something, if you want to do something, immediately you do. You said, you said TikTok. What did you say? You said something like, before you finish saying the word top, you were already downloading the app. Sounds about <laughs> right. Sounds like something I'd say. That sounds like a Jesse Lee quote if I've ever heard one. No, but it's true. And it's, it's little stuff too. You know, some people are probably on here like, well, I'm not Donald Trump. Okay. I, I don't have all these, I don't have billions of dollars. I don't have whatever. Okay. But yes. are you even setting yourself up for success? Because you could all start right now and go on either Fiverr or Upwork or some simple website, Facebook marketplace, whatever, sell some kind of idea that you have something you're good at. You can do graphic design. You're good at translating things. You're good at, I don't know, whatever your skill set is. But before you do any of that, you need to go get an LLC. Because if you see you get an LLC, the next thing you know, you're incorporated. If you're incorporated, you get tax benefits. Like in my space is so funny to me because there are, there are literally, well, I have a lot of spaces, obviously we talked about this, but I'm talking about network marketing right now, right? There are all these people and I mean millions and millions and millions and millions and millions millions of people. And I tell them like, I'm like, look, I got a link in my bio. Just go. It's a free call. Go sign up for an LLC. Like literally it's like whatever. I don't make any money Mm -hmm. off of it. But I'm like, go get an LLC because I'm trying to make people more money. I'm like, you literally mm-hmm. are paying way too much money in taxes on any amount of money you're earning. Your auto ship, smart ship, whatever, would literally be, du- be deducted from your taxes every single year, making everything a write-off. Your cell phone would be a write-off. Your microphone would be a write-off. Your laptop mm-hmm. would be a write-off. Your education that you spent money on is a write-off. But not if you don't have an LLC. Not if you don't have an LLC. I'm like, these, like your, your outfits that you're buying only for work. It's like, oh my gosh. It's, it's your just. Your car, your gas, yes. your everything. And, and we, we won't even go into the next level because you said there's levels to it. Because if you get a trust, now yeah. everything's even more protected. Now you could even uh, defer taxes in perpetuity. Yes. Right. And it's not a, a, a finagling that you're doing. It's not no play. It's not no, you know, hack. It's the laws that you just learned and you're using to your well, advantage. It's the same reason why I play in the real estate game. I have, oh my gosh, I have a lot of real estate. Okay. Like I don't, I've never talked about it. All right. But I got like big pieces of real estate. Well, I have a lot of real estate because of the tax benefits. Okay. I like yep. to donate because I like to donate. It feels good. But I donate only to 5013Cs and I donate millions of dollars to them. Right. I, mm. I, and if you don't, if you wonder why all your rich, rich, rich friends bought a jet this last year, it's because it's a hundred percent of write off. 
hundred percent write off. Now your chart, the charters, if you're char- if you're uh, chartering them, that's taxable income, of course, because yeah. it's cash flowing. But like, w- what are we doing here? It's like we're we're getting played. Now I don't believe in real estate for yourself. I'm a big believer in the real estate you live in should be rented, and then you should be putting yep. your money to work. Put some overalls on your money. But that's another yep. different conversation because there's levels to this. But you just I'm have to get smarter you. and get around smarter people who understand the common sense of finances. And unfortunately, common sense just is not that common. It's, it's not that common. You should, oh, that's definitely right. Jesse, <laughs> so the, the topic of today's uh, episode is supposed to be scaling your brand exposure. Yeah. Sorry. Jesse can literally talk about everything. <laughs> just, like, I never even think we mentioned anything about brand just yet. Not yet. <laughs> this is so much. I, I love this. But before we even get into that, I got to talk about your acquisitions and the businesses that you own. Because, okay, wait, wait, wait. Actually, step back. There's three major ways of creating wealth. Real estate, which we've already been talking about. The financial markets, as your stock, your Forex, even your crypto. And if you, and listen, everybody, stop everything you're doing right now and make sure that you are ready to get in on this wealth transfer happening right now. Because if you don't invest right now and buy like the blue chip stocks, uh, index funds tra- uh, tracking the S&P 500, buy them now while they're on discount. Because it will go back up. It's just the cyclical nature of the stock market. Look it up in history. You'll see it always. We have huge rebounds after these mega dips that happen as well. Yep. So the, the, the financial markets is the second way. But the third way is owning a business. Whether you build it or buy it. Owning a business. Right? Now, Jesse, Jesse you got like a bunch of businesses too. And yeah. some of them probably got real estate with it. And they cash flowing. And they're... A, appreciating over time because as you grow the business it's, it's worth more in value so can you talk a little bit about some of the companies you've had and which ones you've acquired versus built as well no you're giving away all my secrets no i'm kidding <laughs> podcast over no i'm kidding yeah i mean so so I'll, yeah for sure so i've got a lot of stuff going on i have a car dealership like like brick and mortar car dealership um construction company um a uh, a software company and a uh, hair and hair salons. So those are brick and mortars. And then I have big investments that I, that I've invested in. Like, um, well, I don't really talk about these cause I'm not kind of a silent investor. Really, whatever. I have some restaurants. Okay. I'll leave it at that. I have some restaurants. I have, um, a company that makes, I, I try to like not explain what it is, but like, ugh. I have like money in like a lot, like a lot of money in several things that then, that then make money. But, um, my first thing about investing that I always tell everybody is, Invest in things you understand because you will get screwed over. And I don't know anybody who is a seasoned investor who has not been screwed over because you just got to learn through some of these things. Uh, and I will tell you they hurt. So, I mean, I've, I've given $250,000 to have a uh, restaurant and lounge in Madrid, Spain. And that Spanish person literally up and poof, vanished. So that's quarter million dollars. Adios, amigos. That was so fun not um i've invested as sponsors of certain things that were going to be huge and massive and whatever and then it didn't pan out um i invest i but again i didn't understand the spanish thing right i understand lounges Mm. i didn't understand the spanish part of it um i I invested in uh, half a million dollars into a minerals company so i'm in texas so it was like oils and minerals being you know ground from the earth Mm. whatever uh poof what bye i don't know uh where to go now this is a couple years ago but but, I mean, that was like devastating to me at the time. You know, I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? And so a little kind of tip inside of that is if you can't explain it to somebody in common knowledge, don't do it. 
Don't do it. Mm -hmm. And so I had this epiphany. This is maybe four or five years ago. I was in Germany. I was exhausted. And I think some of your best ideas come when you're just like, you know, you're in the shower. You're at the gym like, I'm dying, right? Or you wake up and you're so (laughs) sleep deprived that your brain goes to desperation mode. And that's where I get a lot Mm -hmm. of my, my, oh my gosh, I better learn something right now because I'm just kind of like desperado. And I woke Mm -hmm. up and I I called my boyfriend at the time and I said, "Um, when I get home, I'm going to acquire or invest or buy everything I use all the time. So like the, the, the hair salon I go to all the time, done. The car dealership that I like all the time, done. The the nails, I said nail salon, it hasn't happened yet, okay? But like, you know, like I kept saying these things, like I go to that burger spot all the time, I wanna own it. I'm, I'm sick and tired of spending my money on things that I should be making money off of, okay? So mm. that was kind of like my idea because I figured I, I can figure out how to scale a hair salon. I can figure out how to scale uh, a car dealership. I can figure out how to scale a lot of these, these little things that I have basic knowledge around. And mm-hmm. that's how it all started. That was when I started acquiring stuff. So the, 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 um, the ownership in the construction company, it was super obvious to me. It made perfectly good sense. It was like they were moving a lot of hot tubs in California. I'm like, I understand mm-hmm. hot tubs. I understand warehousing. I understand all this stuff. And if I, don't, if I don't understand it, it's something I'm interested enough in to learn before I invest. Yeah. So that's where I made mm-hmm. that decision. Um, and then here I just sat down with the owner of the salon and it was already completely built out. It was already cash flowing. Um, her yeah. revenue was, I think 50, about 55,000 a month at the time, which is awesome for a hair salon. But I'm like, nah, I can make that bigger. Um, and so I sat down with her. I said, are you looking to partner? She said, I'm actually looking to some for somebody to buy. It's too much work mm-hmm. for me. I said, I can build out a team. Uh, and so I, I just started doing things like that where it's like, where, where is something actually structurally in place? But I know my mindset and where I know the right people, you know, where yeah. I can connect and scale and grow. <laughs> Um, and so that's really how it started. And it's just, that's just what I do now. Now I look around and I, I live in a penthouse. When I look this direction, I, it's like an inspiration thing. Everything around me, I'm in Frisco, Texas. There's only one penthouse or like one tall building. It's mine. (laughs) All right. So y'all can come over and say, Hey, uh, like when I look out, like all I see really is aside from the tollway, you know, I see huge real estate, right? Like yeah. all gigantic commercial real estate. I see, uh, because I'm so high up, I can see the giant mega mansions. It's very inspirational for me. And I'm in the penthouse, yeah. so I'm wrapped with windows, right? Everything yeah. is floor to ceiling windows, which is super cool. I look out, I'm like, I just want to do more. I'm like, oh my God. But I look mm-hmm. out, I go on the balcony every night, uh, you know, and I, I, I think to myself like, okay, so if I, if I buy that whole commercial unit right there, you know, let me find out who owns that. Let me find out actually little, like whatever you can already see who's foreclosing. There's there's already commercial properties all around, even here in Frisco, Texas, where we are making a ton of money here. There's already people foreclosing, which means you can get stuff already getting pennies on the dollar. Like let's freaking go. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking big now where, okay, so there's new construction, but if I look out and I see, okay, let me find out there's websites for this, right? Okay. These people are foreclosing. Let me see if I can offer a deal. Let me see if I can do whatever. Then I can either buy the existing businesses in some cases, or I can say, Hey, like rents do. All right. (laughs) And I can maybe either acquire some of the things that are already standing here, et cetera. Um, but I'm just always like, and then if it's something I don't understand, this is something I think too many people don't, don't understand is like, this is why you need to find a coach, a mentor, be parts of masterminds, true. whatever. Because a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that I just said that came out of my mouth over the last, I don't know, 20 minutes, is mm-hmm. the, I, I learned it by having relationship equity with people who understand how it works and saying, hold on a minute. Like, mm-hmm. how did you buy the commercial real estate that that Starbucks is in and you're holding that property for 25 years? Like, I need to know how that works. Or yeah. wait a minute, I don't know how to 
be GP on a project, but I can raise funds. Can I co-GP mm. with you? See, I didn't know how to have those conversations until I had those conversations. Mm. Or if I didn't know how to say, okay, hold on a minute. Um, you said you have a hotel project. Can you tell me more about that? And how do I get in that? And how do I not get screwed over by people inside of that? Like the, the relationship equity, like now that we are friends, like we have to be friends forever. This is just how I roll. And then, and then friends make friends elevate, which is why there are levels to this. And all we do is we make our friends elevate with us. And so, um, all of that stuff, like, um, I'm rambling, I guess, but hopefully it's useful for people. You no, mentioned, no, 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 this is great. I'm telling you. All right, you, good. I'm, I'm like, okay, I don't know what. <laughs> like no, the financial. You know what it is? No, you, like, for example, when you say that in terms of, um, you know, having the right people around you and uh, those type of conversations helps to elevate, it's the truth. Because I, a lot of times I'll tell people, all, you know, I remember the first time I told someone that, you know, I just bought that business and didn't have to pay anything for it. And it came with this amount of cash flow. And they were like, wow, that's amazing. Nobody's talking about this, bees. No, it's not. Everybody's talking about it, just not in our circle here. But this circle that I learned it from, they're talking about it. That's how I learned it because I stepped out and go into different circles. Okay, hold on a minute. You have to network. Bees, yes, (laughs) to reach, my friends. Like, if your circle, look, I say this out of love, okay? Let me be like the nice feminine girl for a second because I know I saw like the comments from your YouTube that were popping up. It was mostly women, okay? So let me speak to my ladies and my men, but whatever. If your friend's circle is not making you money, you better get in a new circle. Yep. If they're talking about people, get out of that circle. Yes. If they're talking about events, okay. Mm. And if they're talking about ideas, that's where you want to be. You want to be in the circle of people that are talking about ideas that are making you go, I don't even think I have a word to contribute to this conversation because I am so lost. That's the right circle. Okay, you gotta, you gotta get out of the circle. You gotta spend money. I have spent a lot of money to get in some of these circles with some players, but my whole life reflects it. I went, oh wait, you can't, con- like, like I don't not love you anymore. It's just, I love you. I just don't know how much I like our conversations anymore. So I'm gonna have to step out and I have to step into another one. Um, yeah, which, and then they could still be great friends, family, all yes. of that. But we we just we have a different relationship. When yes. I'm ready to, on the you know the one weekend, I may say, hey, let's go hang out. Yeah, I'll come to them. But every other day, I'm in this crowd, learning more things and contributing more. Yes, right. Don't be a leech either. Yeah, no. You want to get in the circles and you want to make sure that you're contributing as much as you can because that that helps to build everybody up. So yeah, I 100% agree. But we gotta go back to your um <laughs> when you were talking about acquiring things that you do or use or whatever. So I've made a a business out of buying businesses and I focus on boring, essential businesses. So smart. So smart. You see what I'm saying? Like with most people now, okay, mind you, I'm going to tell you a a secret in a second, but uh, (laughs) now when most people hear, oh, pest control company, you're not thinking, wow, this guy, he's awesome. I want his number. No, (laughs) you're thinking, oh, pest control or whatever. Yeah, but that pest control company making money nonstop, and I don't know. Yeah, because if you got roaches, you are not going to think about spending the money. You're like, get these roaches out of here. Out of here. <laughs> so pest control companies, car washes, laundromats, no, I don't need to work in them. Yep. And they're making money, and it's, it's consistent, even recession-proof Yeah. For, for the most part, right? Now, 
Not even for the most part, it absolutely is. So we talked about this before we hit record, but when you said, oh, I I acquire boring businesses, I was like, my dude, like you, (laughs) like it's so smart when, if everything were to crash, would you still need your clothes washed? Yes. Would you still need, uh, uh, like I already said the bug thing. Yes. Okay. Would you, like I wrote down when you said it, people are like, I don't think you understand how much storage units make. Storage units. Storage units or, or ATMs. Like you can oh, yeah. buy ATMs and people don't ATM. know this. You make money on every transaction. People will still need their freaking cash. They're still going to mm-hmm. use them. Like, like, I, like maybe something people could do. I don't know. I speak in assignments when I train, so you'll have to pardon me. This is just how I am. I'm a coach. <laughs> like I want you to write down the things, no matter what you have to have. Not like I have to have the cleaning lady. No, no, no. Like mm-hmm. what do you have to have? Like you cannot function without it. Because those are recession-proof businesses. There's a reason that the pe- people are still raising rents and they know a recession's coming. Because you got to have a roof over your head, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need your membership to the, the fancy gym. You might need a gym membership, but you might downgrade to Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness is going to explode when all this happens, right? Oh, yeah. What are the things? You, like you said, you said car washes. Yes, mm-hmm. because people are not, they're going to be like, my, my water bill's too high and it's only $7 <laughs> to get the car washed. And da 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 Like, they're still going to do that. What are oh, those yeah. things? Write those things down because when you're thinking smarter, those are some of the businesses you should look into investing in. 100%. So, so my goal has been anything that the numbers look good and anything that I, I prefer motivated sellers that are like retirees because the baby boomers are all retiring. So they're motivated to turn over their business. And it has to be because what's my ultimate goal? My ultimate goal is not the money. The money's a tool for it. But my ultimate goal is my time freedom. Right. So if I want time wealth, not financial wealth, but I want time wealth. Yes, the financial wealth helps me to get my time wealth, but that's my ultimate goal. So that means I'm going to choose businesses that are going to help me to achieve that goal. Businesses that I don't need to work in. That's why I say I don't want to be the CEO of nothing. I just want to be the investor and have the money coming in. Now, that's my strategy. Any type of business that is boring, essential, uh, turnkey and um uh, what other criteria? That's the main things. But I have another friend who does exactly like you. He's like, listen, I just want anything that I'm doing. I, I love pizza. I got to get a pizzeria. I, I got I go to uh, the dry cleaners. Well, I happen to acquire dry cleaners. And, and that makes sense, too. And it's, again, the boring and essential businesses, just the ones that you are most interested in because you use them, too. Yes. But I think it's <laughs> smart. I think those are safe invest- investments. And it's interesting, the older we get, not that either of us is old, is old but... Like all we're doing is trying to buy back time. And I think not enough people think about life like that. They're thinking, what can I buy with it? And I'm not going to say that I've been perfect. You know, I've got the, you know, bust down Rolexes and like (laughs) I drive a Lamborghini and I have all this, what I said, I live in a penthouse, whatever. But I will tell you there, like, I'm still rocking my friend's free sweater he sent me, you know, which is actually super gangster. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Neo sent it to me. Like, but like I'm friends with all of them, Justin too. So like, Mm. like I'm wearing free leggings that were sent to me by another company. You can't see it, but I am like, there's so much going on, uh, where it's like you stop caring about the stuff and you really start to care about, oh my gosh, like, how can I just have more time with the people I love doing the things I love, uh, and and then giving back to things that I care about. And so that time wealth really ends up being everything. And 
So you're super smart about that. So what's going to print money without you having to do everything? That's the, that's the game you should be thinking of. 100%. And I agree with you. So I, I wear my brand. I buy businesses. Ask me how all the time. And that's it. I'm like, I wear this and I wear my friend's brand. I wear that all the time too, the rapper, yeah. um, athlete, entre- yeah. entrepreneur. <laughs> it's so good. I love that. I but love you know that. why? I, but do you want to like real, like I've never even told the story. Do you want to know why I asked them to send me a box? Yeah. So we were in, um, where were we? San Diego. And we were at a, it was like a yacht party, but it was a yacht party for charity. And okay. I got asked by Dan Fleischman, who I'm, I'm sure you know who he is if you're yeah. not already in his network, but Dan goes, mm-hmm. hey, like, will you be the girl? Like, we're going to, I'm going to have my friends, um, we're going to each give $100,000 to Tim Tebow's charity. I was like, yeah, whatever, I'm down. Sure, of course. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I'm, you can't spend the money, man. Like, I, yeah. I wish people would understand this more. It's like people hold on to their money like it's a scarce resource. It's only scarce because your mind is telling you it's scarce. Spend mm-hmm. the money. You can't take mm-hmm. it with you. Okay. Yeah. Especially on things where, you know, you're going to elevate as a human being. So I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm down for a hundred. So then I see, see, see the table I'm at. I had not met Neo yet. I was already friends with Justin. We're at this table. We get called up on the stage or called up on the stage. Like who's going to give a hundred thousand dollars, whatever. And, and Neo gave a hundred thousand dollars in the same breath. We were having a com- at a table. He's talking about the Lamborghini he bought for his wife. And so I was mm-hmm. like, oh, is he just one of these flashy entrepreneurs who spends all the money on things? And then he stood mm-hmm. up next to me on stage he gave $100,000. I gave $150,000. Dan gave $150,000. A couple other people that are my, and my friends gave $150,000 a person per person to the Tim Tebow Foundation mm-hmm. for um, sexually trafficked people and then children that, have, um, that are born with disabilities in third world countries. And I'm like, good man. I said, I know what your brand is. I know what your company is. Will you send me a box? I'll actually wear your stuff. Because people yeah, send yeah, me yeah. stuff all the time. And I'm like, see, no. Because I like people who actually who are good people that stand for something. I will elevate his brand. I will I will make sure people know about it. I, w- I want to help people like that. And so a lot of people go, how do you, we were talking about this like 20 minutes ago, but it's like, how do you get in those circles? How do you contribute? Like you were saying, it doesn't have to be money. Yeah. It's like, how are you being a good person? How are you yeah. showing people that the world can be a really good place? How are you? And then when you are successful, are you showing people, yeah, you can be kind and rich as F at the same time. You know, you yep. can be a good person and move this world forward, right? And yeah. you can only do that if you become powerful enough in business, if you buy businesses, like you said, right? I know, I mean, I don't know you know you yet, but like, I'm sure this this money you, that you're making and the, the wealth you're creating and all this stuff, I'm pretty sure you're giving back with it because yeah. even in, right now, this is educational for people. So I know you're somebody who gives back, right? It's like- Definitely. The, like you'll start to find things that actually fulfill you, I guess, is my, my point in saying all that stuff. Like the stuff is cool, but when you start actually helping people and making a dramatic impact on the lives of others, like there's that, that's, that's the feeling you want to go for. I feel like it's, it's cyclical to, well, maybe not everybody, but I feel like for people like us, you and I, it's cyclical. It's like, okay, we start making our money. Then once we make it, it's like, yeah, we got to give back to people. It, yeah. It's just the natural progression of things, right? So, and I'm going to ask you, what's your passion that you uh, give back to? So for me, it, it evolved and became kids, right? The youth, young adults, because I felt that, what did I tell you earlier? I wish I had that information when I was 17. I wish somebody told me, matter of fact, I got a book recommendation for you. Yeah, let's see it. I'll write it down. I've been taking notes. This book here is what pretty much got me fully into uh, uh, acquiring through LBOs. It's called Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? <laughs> this, this book is by a guy named Reginald Lewis. Or it's, of, uh, it's about Reginald Lewis. 
and how you became one of the first black billionaires in modern days in the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. But nobody really knows him because he's not flashy. You know, he ain't driving the Lambo, all of that type of stuff, yeah. right? But how did he become a billionaire? Acquiring businesses, right? And that, and especially with the LBO, the leverage buyout strategies where you don't have to come up with... Elon Musk, one of the richest men in the world, he just did that with Twitter. Yeah. I was watching Bloomberg earlier and they were saying how Twitter is laden with debt right now because of how uh, Elon Musk did it because he did it in a way that I wouldn't have called the most ethical. I'm not, I'm not trying to you know, start a war on here and people start defending Elon, but I'm just saying that I wouldn't have done it that way because I'm more concerned about the business and the legacy and the growth rather than, hey, let me come in, get what I want only and you know, gut it or anything like that. Right. But, but this book, I definitely think you should check out. It I was really awesome. Too. For sure. I'm not a white and, guy, so, you know, like, no problem. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, but tell me, so what became your passion? Because this is what led me to helping the kids, wishing that I knew this information earlier. What became your passion as you started to create your uh, legacy and wealth? Yeah, so um, I have two things that I give back a lot to. One is kids a lot also, like a lot. Uh, I was really excited just the other day. I went down in my building, and I don't even understand how this is even a thing. Because I live in, like, the building. But there were like 50 of these angel tree things down there, you know, kids who will not have a holiday. I was like, scoop. I'm like, what are these still doing here? Like, you have lost your mind. Um, yeah. But I love giving back to the youth in general. Um, like, the t any of these big foundations, like, I do like the Tim Tebow Foundation a lot. Um, right. A child trap, uh, sexual trafficking in general. I just don't understand why you would ever hurt a child. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I'm very big on that. And then dogs. Like I am absolutely in the next couple of years. I will own my own dog rescue. It's gonna be crazy. Like I can't dog? wait. Where's my dog? Let me, I'm gonna have to let her out. Come over. Yes. Like I am a crazy rescue dog mom. When people breed dogs and I see it on my social media, I just get pissed at you. I just don't say anything, but I say it in my head about you. I feel some type of way about people who buy dogs. Uh, but anyway, you know, it's just what it is. So I will own my own um but both my dogs are rescued and honestly it's like when people say like the who rescued who i like i resonate so much with that because my entrepreneurial journey it sounds she's laying right here and i she knows i'm talking about her i swear um she just she went like this with one eye just there uh which is funny because she's deaf so i don't know how you'd be hearing me right now but anyway um so like she she they changed my life like they they made me more structured more scheduled more disciplined and stuff and um and I think dogs that are rescued know that you saved their life. So I think they love a little bit better, too. But uh, anyway, those are like my two. So I donate like like crazy through the year for for uh, for dog rescues, because when you save one dog, people don't know this, but you actually save two because you make spot in a shelter for a dog. So I like to pay for those basically around the clock. Oh, yeah. mine just came here in this. Well, no, now she's gone. Never mind. <laughs> mine, are <laughs> both, mine are both right but here. Like, they quick don't. as she came, as quick as she left. <laughs> mine don't leave mom. They are 100% obsessed. <laughs> okay, okay. Listen, Jesse, we still haven't even spoken about scaling and <laughs> almost at the end. So let's, let's just go to that first for a quick second. Just tell me, sure. tell the audience, what's the difference between, because this is another thing that I researched on you and really, really resonated with me. Yeah. You made a comment or some video that uh, basically you were saying that people try to focus on selling. Mm -hmm. Like sell, 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 sell. Rather than focus on value or their brand. Grow your brand and then sales come. Yes. Right? I, 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 the reason why it resonates with me is because there's a lot of people out there who... They're so focused on selling rather than delivering value that they're just selling you for the sake of it. They're going to have a, 
uh, uh, um, you're going to pay to come into something and they're going to say, yeah, come over here too. And just so they can upsell you to something else, right? Rather than delivering value. So it, tell me a little bit more about that in terms of your brand versus selling and what that really means. Uh, well, that's, so I'll answer the question of the original podcast as well for people. That is how I've scaled. <laughs> okay, so uh, I've scaled that because I, I my focus has been on scaling the brand. By scaling the brand, it allows me to put legs out and everything else. So Bossly is my business name, right? Like my pseudonym, whatever you want to call it. So Bossly Enterprises is what holds all of these different legs of my businesses. Okay, and so the bigger I make Bossly the bigger all of this can be. And for those who are like, I don't really get it. I want you to think about, as an example, like Lady Gaga. Why am Mm. I so sure Lady Gaga is going to be the next billionaire? Well, I think she's going to be one of the next billionaires because her brand was Lady Gaga. That's not her actual name, obviously. She Mm. created this big empire in music. She went from music to movies. She went from movies now into makeup, right? Mm. And it's because of the brand. Now, I guarantee you that Lady Gaga, I just got so excited, pulled my hair out of my head. I'm kidding. (laughs) I guarantee you Lady Gaga doesn't know the first thing about formulating makeup. She doesn't know anything Mm. about anything. She goes, oh, this brown one, this black one, this red one, this blue one, this green one, this whatever. Mm. She doesn't know. I like that. I like that. Put the glitter in it. Do that. She does not know. But she is a brand. When you have a brand, you can pull a lever and say, okay, now I'm opening a laundromat. Boom, the laundromat explodes. Think of Mr. Yeah. Beast on YouTube or whatever. Like he yeah. went, he blows, he'll blow up your business because of the brand. He, you, he goes yeah. out, he says, go to this burger place. The burger place shuts down because they can't, like in 10, 10 minutes, because they can't make any more burgers because Mr. Mm-hmm. Beast has put out whatever because the brand, like the brand. it's all about the brand. And so I train a lot on brand because people are so confused about it. I don't really know why, but brand is where can you add the value, right? I don't have time to talk about it all day long on here because, you know, whatever, we rambled together about businesses and investing and scale and whatever for so long. But like I add so much value in the entrepreneurial space that when I said, hey, okay, so now I'm recruiting for this, it went When I said, hey, now I'm selling this product. Oh, forget about it. I trust her. When I said, hey, I'm putting out an education platform. I'm going to teach you how to build your business. Like, boom, seven-figure launch. Because I built the brand. The value was so obvious in everything that I was doing. Nobody went, hmm, should I give her the money for her to coach me? (laughs) They went, oh, my God, I've been waiting for this moment. But it's because the brand was so strong. So everything can scale. Your sales are more. Like if you master two things, master marketing and branding. If you master marketing and you master branding or even get halfway decent at it, the sales come. Right? It's like in your business, you you wouldn't even have to go looking for businesses because people go, and this probably happens to you. That's the guy that builds businesses. Or, or buys businesses. That's why right. it buys businesses. So yeah. I've got this thing. This guy's, you know, he's he's over leveraged. He's whatever. Well, he, yeah. I got, I got, I got this guy who will buy your business. No problem. Yeah. Like yeah. that's literally how it happens. It's because your brand. You said you wear your shirt all the time. Your hat. Your mm-hmm. whatever. Like you're talking about it all the time. Well, then mm-hmm. that's where the value is. And so then everyone yeah. thinks about you instead of thinking about the next person. It's like, is Grant Card? Does Grant Cardone have the best real estate fund? Um, let me be your friend and tell you the answer is uh, 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 affirmative yeah. hell no. Okay. <laughs> like if you are an investor who actually wants to make money, oh, sweetheart. Okay. I'm just going to be yeah, nice about it and just shut my mouth for a second. <laughs> but let me tell you why. Does, is his brand huge? Yes. So then are yes. people, do people trust him? Yes. So do people throw money at him? Yes. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. He has a billion dollar Urkel. fund because of a brand. Because of a brand. Because of a brand. You're right. hundred percent. hundred percent. So, okay. That, that makes perfect sense. Now, to wrap up with us, uh, since we, <laughs> I don't even know where to wrap up because we're talking about so many things, but we, I <laughs> still got to do our pop segment. We, it's time to pop. It's time to talk okay, about, it's time to pop. I think we, you just, you just explained the pros of focusing on the brand and scaling yes. with your brand. But what are some of the problems when it comes to focusing on your brand or, or not focusing, but the problems with scaling from the brand's uh, perspective? Um, the problems with scaling from the brand's perspective, I think for most people, it's they, their egos are out of control. And I don't mean in the way you're thinking. I mean, in they will not post. They, they are too nervous to go live or do video marketing. They don't put out a podcast. They don't provide all this value because somewhere in their ego, they don't like their voice or they don't like their, uh, the way they look on camera or they don't like whatever it is. And that is a huge problem because if you're not putting out content, I don't care if for a hundred years you were the number one real estate agent in your, your local town. Some little whippersnapper, 18 years old with a real estate license is going to go crazy on TikTok, talk about it nonstop, going to blow up and you're going to be left in the dust. Okay. So you can just take your crown off and give it to the little child because they built a brand. And so uh, you just got to get out of your head sometimes and just start creating, 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 and getting over it. But that's the biggest problem I see is people, they overthink it and then they get stuck in their head and they just do paralysis by analysis and they just don't create. It's a big problem I see. Yes, yes, yes. There we go. Okay. So uh, the the absolute last thing I got to say is I have a challenge. Okay. The challenge I've issued uh, this year is called the Trillion Dollar Table Challenge. Wow. Trillion. That's with a big T. Okay. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so the goal. The all right. All right. Amazon. Goal. Let's go. Let's, hey, hey. You know, I have a whole, uh, a little cartoon with bees, the most interesting entrepreneur in the world. <laughs> and it's bees versus Bezos because I'm, I'm coming for him, right? All right. Okay. Okay. I'll show you that later. But um, here's the challenge. By the end of this decade, hey, that's seven years. Mm-hmm. I want to sit at a table. I want to sit in a room at a table with average people like us, right? People that look like us, people who are, you know, didn't come from money or anything like that. And we have together a combined trillion dollars AUM, right? Assets under management. Because most people figure, oh, that means you got a trillion dollars in your pockets. That's crazy. No, I don't have a trillion dollars in my pocket. It means that I own business. Uh, business portfolio, um, uh, real estate portfolio, financial um, markets portfolio, and mine comes uh, combined with everyone else's. That's how we get to a trillion dollars AUM. Lofty goal? I don't think so. I think we can make it happen. Will you be at that table? Yeah, come on. I got seven years. Well, seven years. All right. Like I already know I'm good for a billion uh, in six years. Like that. My goal is is a billion by 40. So that's like no problem. So I got an extra year. Like, I mean, you could do a lot in a year. So I'm definitely down for uh, for that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And and we're in the right things. You know, uh, one of my students told me once that, um, you know, helped him to get to seven figures. But because I'm showing him the business acquisitions, he sees a path to being a billionaire. Yeah. And he never thought that was possible. And to be honest, going, we're going to wrap it up with what you started sure. about the uh, complacency. What, what was the saying again? Complacency is the enemy of success or something yeah, like that? Yeah, and then good is the enemy of great. Yeah. There you go. So that was me. I'm not going to lie. I worked at Microsoft. Yeah. I was earning, you know, like 200 and change a year. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm cool. I don't need nothing else. Why be greedy? Yeah. That, that was my thought pattern. But I had to break that mold and keep pushing and say, no, I can do so much more. And when my student said that about a path to being a billionaire, 
that's what made me come with this uh, challenge to say, hey, this is this is an important challenge. Forget the Tide Pod challenge and all this stuff that people do online. Please forget that. We're yes. going to sit with a trillion dollar table challenge. I love that. And Jesse Lee will be at that table. Of course, I'm down. Let I mean, with go. 200 grand a year, you can't buy all these Christmas trees behind you. Like, what is going on with your winter wonderland, okay? That's not a 200K uh, Christmas setup, bro. Like, you're going to need some more money than 200 grand for, for Santa's workshop back there, okay? <laughs> you're about to make me turn around the camera. So I'm, I'm going to call you after this, Jesse, because this is crazy. This is crazy. Listen, Jesse, tell the people where they can find you. Um, I'm I'm Boss Lee on Instagram, Jesse Lee Ward on Facebook. My podcast is the People's Mentor Podcast, and uh, all contact details are just in my links in the bio everywhere. So awesome, awesome. So we'll make sure we put that down in the description. Everybody, y'all know what to do. Tap in with Jesse Lee, the boss herself. Let's go. She's doing amazing things. She'll be at the trillion dollar table, and you got to be there also. Thank you again, Jesse, for being on Entrepreneurship Exposed. This is so much fun. We got to do this again because we didn't even get to talk about the main topic because it's going around. But listen, I'm looking forward to working with you. I'm looking forward to continuing a friendship with you. I'm looking forward to us continuing to to be a a, a light to others, to show others what can be done, especially coming from our humble upbringing and all. Anybody can accomplish it. So thank you for who you are and what you do. And thank you for being on Entrepreneurship Exposed. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Awesome. Let's go. Let's go.